to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm so thrilled to be here uh, with you today. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is Thursday is our three-hour on radio day, and uh, I love being able to connect with each and every one of you. Uh, and, and today is a, is a special day in a lot of ways. I mean, Benny and I were just sitting here, and I was listening to the news that you all probably were, were hearing as well um, about today's date September 11th and what that means and what that means for many people um, across the country and many people in the world and what I was struck by was uh, a little going back and rewind in time for uh, for myself what I was doing seven years ago uh, to this day and 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 being from New York uh, it, it was especially painful for me at some level to be clear across the country and I was in California at the time uh, and to hear the news about 9-11 now most of you know that this is not the, the only time I've mentioned it I've done a number of shows uh, uh, live from New York about 9-11 about the firefighters the policemen the people that live in the area some of the health situations that they're facing um, and, and we've had a lot of conversations about this you know from a toxic point of view as well as an emotional point of view because both were going on and so today when I found out that we were able to have a conversation with Brooke Noel joining me here today uh, and the book that she has written I was ready I wasn't ready to say goodbye how to cope with the sudden death of a loved one you know I was I was thrilled that we could have this conversation with her because you know today is about solution today is about resolution today is about how we look at the events of our lives, how we look at the relationships that we're in and understand what kind of effect they have on us and what we can do to move beyond. And and, and so Brooke is joining me here today, uh, the author of 19 books, which specialize in life management and balance for today's busy woman. I need to have a separate session with her. And she's known for going beyond the book and creating a whole experience to interact with her readers. You'll hear more about that now. She maintains a daily column, The Daily Rush, a weekly e-zine, uh, The Challenge Weekly. She co-authored the best-selling book, I Wasn't Ready to Say Goodbye, which has recently been updated to account for new issues and, and much more. And so recognized in 2003 as one of the top 40 business people under the age of 40, it is great for us to have her here. She's been on ABC World News, Fox Friends, Women's World, Los Angeles Times, and, and much more. And this is a topic which she knows about much about. You're going to hear why. Brooke, thank you so much for joining the show today. 
I want to start off with a question that I ask uh, pretty much just about everyone I have on the show. And I've just shared a little bit about who you are and about, about what you've done, what you've accomplished. I want to ask you, and all of the accomplishments and everything that you've done and are doing today, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Oh, boy. That list is probably longer than the list you just read. Um, I'd say for, for everything on that list, there must be 50. But I, I would say probably the biggest ones were um, you know, just kind of starting out in, in life. I, I was born into a, a single-parent home, um, raised in poverty, so really had to kind of propel myself out of that, uh, put myself through school. And uh, my, my life was really marked by loss. Um, the topic of, of today's discussion, that, um, starting at the age of, of 23 when I lost my brother, um, and then again when uh, I lost my father in 2005, and um, uh, actually as, as of now, the might of my birth family, it is just my mother and I are the only two living mm-hmm. living people. So uh, there there have been so many challenges to you know to try and stay focused and find meaning in in some of life. And, 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 you know, I, I, I wanted to have this conversation because I, I realized in my own life, I was talking about you coming on the air with a friend of mine, and, and we were talking about this in the timing of today's conversation. And, you know, my best friend said to me, well, you know, look at you. And I said, well, what do you mean, look at me? She said, you've lost just about every living family member, starting with your mother at eight years old. You know, haven't you been affected by it? Boy, I had a hard time thinking about that and answering that question. And I wanted to start today out, um, uh, you know, with, with you to talk about what this means to lose someone that is close to us. And how do we even begin to make sense of that, Brooke? Well, I, I think that, you know, of course, whenever we lose anything, there's a void. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that just from, from life in general, regardless of what type of loss it is. Even your car keys, obviously, it's a void. So when we talk about losing a person, it, it disrupts the very foundation of much of our life, especially when it's unexpected. Uh, you know, like, like the many individuals in 9-11, you know, we have this kind of expectation of life cycles. You know, the sun sets, it goes down. You know, we live a life and, and we live to age 70 or 80 or whatnot, when these unexpected events come, they kind of shift the whole foundation that we've created a life on. And we have to stop and look and uh, begin to build a new foundation and, and try to forge through some sort of understanding because the things that, that we have always believed to be true, you know, and, and just sort of assumed have been challenged and often shattered. You know, and and, uh, people uh, ask me very often, and I'm sure that, you know, people that know you ask you about your brother. Um, They ask me, how did I cope with, first of all, the death of my mother and then the death of my stepmother and then the death of my sister, then the death of my mentor? And I couldn't really answer that. And I wanted to ask you, uh, is is it important for us 
to understand how we've been affected emotionally and is there a process that it, it that is important for every one of us to go through you know i i think that that when when people hear the stories they always think i could never handle that i could never mm. You know, I, that's very common. And I think, you know, maybe you would ag- agree, but I know me personally, had somebody told me, you know, that, that I would be choosing, you know, uh, the arrangements for my brother, mm. I would have said, I can't do that. I never could do that. But it testifies to the strength of the human spirit. You know, when we go through something like that, this something comes out. You know, so there's the strong spirit that does take us through those those circumstances and guides us and I, I think there's comfort in that you know knowing that that strength is there you know and it, it does come when we need it but it is very important to understand what we have lost and how that affects us and the void that's created because there's there's two types of grief you know there's healthy grief and there's unhealthy grief and when we grieve in unhealthy ways and we suppress or ignore, or um, try to deny, then we find that we draw certain things into our lives that we wouldn't if we were grieving in healthy ways. And, and we're going to talk about that today. Uh, uh, you know, what is healthy grief? What is unhealthy grief? And how does it all fit in this conversation? You know, many people are, are you know, depending upon where you come from, you, you know, you could come from a family where people look at you and they say, look, you just need to suck it up and move on. You know what I mean? You've been like talking about this thing too long. Uh, and whether that's the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job after 25 years, it's still a loss. Is, is grief something that we totally misunderstand, even after all the things that have been written about it? Yes, 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 yes. And yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And I, I hope today we can break some of those myths for people that, that are literally tortured by them, thinking they should grieve this way or should look like this or they should do this, because that's probably what makes grieving the most difficult. Mm. Um, you know, thinking there's a timeline. You know, grief doesn't have a timeline. Um, you know, thinking in a year you should be here, or in two years you should be here. You know, no one can say that for anyone, and every person is different. There are no stages. There are no phases. Um, n- none of that is, is true. Uh, it's it's the human attempt to create systems so we can understand and and try to you know weave our way through this maze, but it, it doesn't work like that. Those aren't really the goals of of healthy healthy grieving. Well, you know, we're going to talk about this and much more today. Brooke Noel joining me here today. She is the author of the best-selling book, I Wasn't Ready to Say Goodbye, How to Cope with Sudden Death of a Loved One. We're going to be talking about what grief is and what she has discovered, what she is sharing with millions and millions of people. Uh, We're also going to talk about when we come back from break, is there a difference in the grieving process between men and women? Is there a standard that we have set in our society? And what are the steps? How are the different ways that grieving is healthy? And what are some of the things that show up 
uh, in terms of grieving being unhealthy. Because honestly, I've never heard those two terms before, but that's why we have Brooke Noel joining me here today. Uh, we would love to hear from you if you've got questions, if there's something you would like to share with us. If you want to have Brooke's insight, you can call our toll-free number, one 800 Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Brooke Noel. Polaris Business Guides is ready to hand you the keys to a successful future. When you master the eight keys to a prosperous business, you'll accomplish more while doing less. You'll overcome success roadblocks, create powerful partnerships, build wealth, succeed in spite of economic challenges, and more. The next teleclass begins October 9th, and there's no risk because Madeline Gerwick offers a money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Sign up today and learn the eight keys to easily build and sustain the ultimately prosperous business. Call 877-524-8300 for complete details and to register. Or visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com for the keys to your prosperity. Visit P-O-L-A-R-I-S-BusinessGuides.com or call 877-524-8300. Your prosperity awaits you. New Spirit Journal helps readers create abundance in all areas of their lives. Their articles don't just talk about theories that sound nice. They give you practical information you can use to turn those theories into practice. Available at over 500 locations in Washington and Idaho. New Spirit Journal is more than just a newspaper. It's your guide to the life you want to live. New Spirit Journal can also be read online at NewSpiritJournal.com. People want three things when they build and plan for retirement. The most amount of money for the longest amount of time with the least amount of risk. Now, I'm sure you currently have a 401k or an IRA of some kind. However, there are five things that can wipe out your current retirement plan, like disability, market loss, taxes, litigation, and premature debt. Call today to find out how our retirement plan is protected from these five financial storms. And remember, retirement planning should come with a peace of mind, not uncertainty. So call 888-252-3083 or visit debt-free mca.com. Visit the premier online store where science and spirit unite. Shop consciously, explore new ideas, and connect with your world at bleepstore.com. Find the latest in spiritual and documentary films, green living products, and online articles. Dr. Pat listeners receive 10% off with coupon code Dr. Pat. That's D-R-P-A-T at checkout. Go to the drpatshow.com and click on Bleep Store to start your experience. The drpatshow.com. Dr. Pat's giving away an iPod to a lucky listener every month. Yep, every month. All you have to do is go to the drpatshow.com. That's the drpatshow.com. Then sign up for our weekly newsletter. When you sign up for the newsletter, not only will you be entered to win the iPod, you'll also be kept up to date on all the awesome things that we're doing here at the Dr. Pat Show. So remember, go to the drpatshow.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can't afford to miss out on this. Good news, Belgium. We're streamed worldwide at 1150kknw.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. 
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm so thrilled to have best-selling author Brooke Noel joining us here today. You know, we're talking about uh, we're talking about a process that happens or events that uh, an event that happens to every single one of us, and that is the loss of something, whatever that might be, whether it is a loved one, whether it's a friend, whether it's a job, whatever that is, it is a loss. And today, Brooke is joining us uh, as the author of. 19 books specializing in life management and balance for today's busy woman. But more importantly, you know, this is a conversation um, that we're having about her book, I Wasn't Ready to Say Goodbye. Uh, You know, Brooke, are we ever ready to say goodbye? I don't think so. You know, I, I think sometimes there's more things we can do and that sometimes there's, you know, more loose ends than other times. But Whenever we love something, who's, who's ready to let it go? Mm, exactly. And I, before the break, I was uh, asking you about grieving. And, uh, you know, there are some folks that I've been around in our family, you know, our culture, a little subculture there. You know, sometimes it's like just suck it up and move on. You know, why are you sort of, uh, you know, hanging on to stuff? And, and so I think we create these methods, these systems of I need to suck it up and move on. On the other hand, you know, there are folks that, you know, grieving for a lifetime and grieving in certain cultures is something you do. I wanted to ask you, is there a difference in the grieving process between men and women? There, there definitely is a, a difference. And, of course, it's not 100% across the board, okay. but, you know, one of, one of the tendencies that I've seen is that uh, women want to kind of nurture in, in, during the grieving time, so they tend to want to kind of draw things close, connect, talk. Men often, especially if, if the loss is a family member, um, feel responsible that that patriarch, um, you know, they should have been able to do something, mm. and they tend to have a tendency to want to distance themselves, you know, from the home mm. uh, and, and not talk about it. You know, they, they want the isolation. So there can be a disconnect and neither, you know, the male or the female may feel like they're getting the type of support they need. And that was one of the things we added to the book was an entire chapter about understanding and, and creating a dialogue about those differences and then how to find the right support. You know, and it's very important for, for men to find other men who are grieving um, because there are so many unique needs and unique challenges. Uh, what, you know, when we look at this, I mean, uh, I've been around, I, I've lost some people that are very close to me in my life, and uh, I'm sure that many of our listeners have. You know, there's always that awkward moment, you know, where you are face-to-face with the survivor, so to speak, uh, and, and whether that's family or friends, and there's this awkward moment of what to do or what to say to those folks that have been directly affected. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's almost as if there should be a blueprint, but there really isn't, is there? There, there isn't a blueprint, but there are so many things we shouldn't do. And, and that's one of the, the handouts that, that I have on my website is a list of ways um, to help someone who is grieving. Because you know, of course, whenever somebody's hurting, we want to try to make it better. We want to try to ease their pain. You know, we, we don't want to see someone in pain, but we, we can't fix this one. We can't solve it. And, you know, we, we talked about it. The best thing you can do is simply to just say, I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm here. 
I'm sorry, I'm here. Mm. And that's the, the only comfort we can truly give to someone is, is to be there for them and to be there on an ongoing basis. I, in my book, I talk about what's called the 10-day syndrome. And you'll be familiar with this, where after, after a loss, there's about 10 days where you seem to be the center of the world. Everyone calls, all the cards come. You have enough food to feed a small country. Yep. And then day 11, you wake up and suddenly it's a little quieter. And people start going back to their lives, and and you're kind of coming out of the shock, or, or you're beginning to realize what's happened, and you can feel really alone because life keeps going. Life didn't stop for everyone else. Um, you know, there's expectations, there's bills to pay. All of this stuff just keeps going, even though your entire life has been, you know, shaken. And one of the ways we can help people most is to be the person that's there beyond 10 days. You know, be the person that comes by every month on the date you know, of, that, of that last one. And to know that people won't know, you know, if you say, well, let me know if there's anything I can, I can do for you. When someone's grieving, they're really probably not going to know what they need. So it's important to step in and help. Just stop by with a meal. You know, stop by. Do you need any uh, groceries? Can I go grocery shopping for you? You need your lawn mode. Extend and help where you see the need. And that's one way uh, that can really be effective and show support. But often people, when they're grieving, they won't ask for help because they just don't have the energy uh, to reach out. So, you know, there there are things that we do to make ourselves feel better around, you, you know, our friends that have lost a dear one. Uh, and then there is also the side of this where each of us have lost someone that is close to us. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, Brooke, about uh, what we can what we can know. Is there is there is there things that we can expect essentially is what I'm saying or is the grieving process different for everyone there are some myths that I think we have and I would love for you to address them well I think the, the primary myth is that there is a formula this, this is the one that I have heard time and time again with readers you know writing and saying oh my gosh I'm so relieved that I'm not crazy you know that this is all normal um, you know grief doesn't have to look a certain way and you I, I equivocate the grief process to go, being in intensive care. You know, you've gone through a major life shift, and there's time you need to recover, and there's all sorts of side effects that you probably will not know until you go through them. And, you know, you, you might have crazy thoughts. You might have all these things that, that don't make sense. Um, being uh, severely distracted. You know, I remember one time trying to pay a bill, and this was you know, maybe a week after Caleb's death, and it took me over an hour to find my checkbook. By the time I found my checkbook, I had lost the bill. It took me an hour and a half to find the bill, and sure enough, by then I had lost my checkbook. And I remember just going to sleep, just going back to bed, thinking I can't pay this bill today. You know, it was too much. And understanding that these things are part of the process, you know, and not to force our way through them, not to suck it up, but to experience grief as it comes is one of the, the best things we can do to move through it in a healthy way. 
And I want to talk about that. You know, let's talk about healthy and unhealthy. Um, And I think there are some obvious things that might show up, but I'm not really sure. Uh, You know, for example, there are people that I know that um, uh, have the the event has been horrific in their lives. And to this day, they haven't been able to move beyond it. And that shows up in a lot of different ways. So I wanted to hear from you. uh, Is there this dichotomy of healthy and unhealthy? And could you give us some information about what that might be. Definitely. There definitely is. And of course, your, your, your unhealthy is going to be obvious, you know, the obvious ones. Um, self-harm, self-neglect, um, you know, uh, abusing drugs, alcohol, um, sleeping pills, anything that distances you um, from your emotions, to any of those practices. But it can also look the exact opposite. It can look as extreme uh, workaholic um, denying your emotions through becoming very busy. All of these you know, are, are unhealthy ways where the, we can't get rid of the grief. It's going to have to come back at some point. It will resurface. Um, and I have you know, personal experience of, of using work you know, to try to escape my grief. Um, and it, it, certainly it, it doesn't work. Um, and when we talk about moving on, or is, is you say, you know, getting stuck in grief, that is always a sign of unresolved grief. Somewhere along the way, something is unresolved. And we can talk about some of the different things that are so important to do as part of the grieving process, uh, because those are what make up you know, the healthy side of, of feeling the emotions. And no matter where you are, you know, even if you're lost 20 years ago and you think, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I, I didn't grieve in healthy ways, I didn't get in touch with my emotions, you can always still go back and work through it and get to that healthy place. And that was one, one thing I spent many years studying was, you know, why do some people go through these horrific events and then they seem to rebuild or come out and they're stronger and they're um, renewed or they find purpose or meaning? And other people stay stuck in the pain or, or maybe become bitter or jaded. And, you know, what, what was the difference? And uh, you know, that is something that, um, we definitely uh, can explore with the healthy side. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll do that. I, I want to mention to everyone that my very special guest today, um, wow, this is such a timely conversation, uh, is Brooke Noel. And um, as I said before, you can go to her website, brooknoel.com. It's just an amazing resource uh, of enormous magnitude. There are articles on there that you could look at, everything from courage to uh, looking at, uh, you know, time clutter and much more. And today we're talking about you know what what do we do how do we cope with losing someone that's close to us and and what is the difference between if there is one between grieving a sudden death or grieving someone that has been in the process of making their transition brooke noel uh, has been conducting workshops and appeared on cnn abc world news and this is uh, she is someone that knows a lot about this conversation and when we come back we're going to be talking about some of the healthy things, some of the things that each of us should know. And, you know, more importantly, what do we need to do in terms of our, our own self-care when this happens? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by uh, and uh, Brooke Noel. We'll be right back.
what the meaning behind sacred spiritual space is and how it can be a healing part of your garden or home environment. Mary Fonts, registered nurse and landscape specialist, teaches about using nature, artifacts, healing energy, and angel readings to create sacred space. A spiritual garden offers methodologies that bring peace and healing to your special place. Call 508-339-5444 and visit aspiritualgarden.com. That's aspiritualgarden.com. See vibrational healer and psychic Sonia Choquette live in Seattle. Sonia shows you how to claim and follow your intuition. Plus, she'll answer questions and give powerful audience readings. How to accept your intuitive gifts is an all-new lecture. See Sonia Choquette at the Washington State Convention and Trade Center in Seattle on Saturday, October 18th from 10 to 5 p.m. Seats are limited, so call now at 1-800-654-5126 or visit HayHouseEvents.com. Find out how you can turn any obstacle to boost your life to the next level. Discover how you can overcome your fear with faith and courage to create amazing results. These strategies are taught by Julie Thong, a Cambodian genocide survivor. Julie is an inspirational speaker, entrepreneur, and author of Kantaya, My Courageous Quest for Love and Freedom, and The Power of Fear. Face everything and rejoice. Call 888-842-2008 or visit juliethong.com. Tampa Bay Wellness Magazine, the Bay Area's premier magazine for holistic, alternative, and complementary health. Tampa Bay Wellness informs and inspires you about choices and opportunities for a more balanced, healthy, and happy life. You can find Tampa Bay Wellness Magazine at over 700 locations in the Tampa Bay area or online at tampabaywellness.com. Tampa Bay Wellness Magazine is the natural choice for physical, mental, and spiritual enlightenment. Hay House invites you to a glorious weekend retreat in Tampa, Florida. Meet more than 30 of your favorite authors for the inspiring, uplifting I Can Do It conference coming to Tampa this October 3rd through 5th. Join Wayne Dyer, Sylvia Brown, Caroline Mace, Colette Baron-Reed, John Holland, Marianne Williamson, and more for a weekend of spiritual discovery and great fellowship. It's the I Can Do It conference for life-changing good times. See details at ICanDoIt.net. Hey, are you one of those people who need a boost of motivation to lose those extra pounds and inches? Well, here it is. Take the Sugar-Free Miracle Weight Loss Challenge and earn $100 for every 10 pounds you lose. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the amazing Sugar-Free Miracle Diet, which you'll love. It's easy, sustainable, and it stops out-of-control eating. To participate, send me an email at expert at sugarfreemiracle.com. That's expert at sugarfreemiracle.com, and I'll send you the details. Made fresh each day for you. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. How do I say goodbye to what we had? The good time that made us laugh, I'll wake back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show Talk Radio to Thrive By. Brooke Noel joining us here today, and we're talking about, you know, what happens? What do you do when you lose someone or something that is of immense value to you, uh, immense importance? And, you know, we're talking about grieving in a lot of different ways. I don't know about you, Brooke, but there have been times in my life, and I point to the loss of uh, my job after like 20-something years, right? 
I went out and had a Jack Daniels binge. So, I mean, <laughs> I, and honestly, I haven't had a drink since. But, you know, what I want to say about that is, you know, there are ways that we think about and we grieve. And I look at my sister, who after the death of my mother, mother felt so responsible. And I watched her, uh, you know, get to about 500 pounds. So, you know, some people say, oh, you need to do these things to make you feel better. Other people say, no, that is just not the way to handle it. You're just numbing yourself. What's your opinion? What? Tell me a little bit how we make sense of the aftermath of our behavior. Well, I think you have to expect a little bit of craziness, um, especially within the first month. You know, that there's going to be this, you know, these this somewhat erratic behavior. One of the best things you can have is a support person nearby that's kind of keeping an eye on you, especially to help talk over any big decisions like selling a house, making a big purchase. There's many ways we can kind of dig holes. Um, you know, when we have these emotional voids, you look for all sorts of different ways to, to fill them. But, but on a longer-term basis, what's important to realize with grief is, is that our goal isn't to block it, nor is it to get over it, you know, and there seems to be this this misconception that you should move past your grief or you should get over your loss, and that that wouldn't even make sense because a loss redefines us. We can't get it back, so so we've technically changed the way we see life has changed, um, the way we experience each day has changed. So. The goal isn't to get over or stop the pain, but it's to incorporate and honor that loss in our life so that we can move forward. So, for example, one of the things that I really work with people on is thinking about what characteristics did did your loved one embody? What were some of their practices or rituals? What is something that you could do that you could keep alive that they used to do? Uh, my brother, every morning, he used to walk out to the to the deck by the lake, and he used to stare just over the lake. I, I don't really know what he was doing or why or what he was looking at, but he did it every morning for about two minutes. And after I lost Caleb, one of the things I started doing was this little simple good morning routine. Where every morning, I walk outside, and I just look outside for two minutes, you know, and, and thank God that I'm here another day, you know, that I get another day. And that's just a little something that I can do to always remember him, to keep something he did alive, and to incorporate him and make my life better going forward in his honor. So honoring our loved one is a very important part of healthy grieving. You know, and and I love that you brought that up because there, uh, when I uh, lost my mentor, a woman that took me out on Vision Quest that taught me about the sacredness of the desert and certain traditions, you know, she died very unexpectedly. And she was off in in Morocco, a trip that I was invited to go on but couldn't go, uh, and uh, was in a car accident and uh, basically... Um, died from that car accident. She got thrown from the car and a stake went right through her heart. And uh, that was so symbolic. What I want to share about that, though, was that in her tradition, there was a series of circles that were created. There was a series of opportunities for people to come together at very different levels to honor her work. And, you know, that 
for me, there are some rituals that I do today as a result of that. Now, I want to ask you about that because, you know, let's say that that loss happened 10 years ago and we're still doing these rituals. There are some people that say, look, you need to get over that, get beyond it. You're stuck in that. You're stuck in whatever. And I wanted to ask you what you what, what do you think about those statements? I would laugh and I would say, what would you think if I told a couple to get over their anniversary? Just don't have an anniversary. Let's not have birthdays anymore. You know, the, the rituals mark a very natural part of life and they're important celebrations. They're important remembrances to, to stop them and cease them. And, and this is where grief goes wrong because people want to, you know, have this tendency to want to package it up and push it away and it's part of life it's part of the process and if we make room and we honor it and we take time then we we tend not to go into unhealthy places because we're not you know feeling up all these emotions you know those those rituals are just as important as a birthday as a birth as an anniversary as remembering those days um because that's all part of life those are all celebrations and, and if you were to think you know, just think about uh, your, your mentor. Uh, what was her name? A Sidonia. So, you know, think of Sidonia. You know, how would she look at you now for implementing and practicing those rituals or keeping those pieces alive? I mean, wouldn't that be an incredible tribute to her since they are positive? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I shared a, uh, I did a show, oh, I don't know, Benny, maybe it was about a month or two ago, and we happened to have an open mic time. I think we had a cancellation. That happens at least once a week. And I don't know why it came up for me, I, you know, and, and, I, and I had to look at this, and, and, I, and I will share why it did come up. But there was a moment where I decided to share a story about being lost in the desert, and it was, I don't remember the title of what we call the show, uh, Lost in the Desert, um, Finding the Oasis in Your Mind or something. But I shared this story, and I don't even remember what I shared, I really don't. It was such a stream of consciousness. And as a matter of fact, it was one of the most commented shows that listeners, you know, sent emails or talked about. And when I went back to look at when I shared that show, oh. this is a little creepy now. Mm -hmm. I went back and I looked at when I shared that, sh that show. It was the anniversary of the week that we did the memorial for her passing and and i thought about that and uh, and then after the show i was asked about well are you still grieving and i thought for a minute before i answered and my first reaction is coming from a suck it up family by the way was to say oh no i'm not grieving boy that would have been so untrue there's a piece of me that misses her exactly and Exactly. You know, and that space, you know, that was there, those emotions were there, you know, and that, that gives you the, the freedom to then let those out versus, you know, again, just sucking it up, you know, as, as we're using the, the term. But, you know, the are you grieving, it's, it's, it's are you living? You know, if, if you're living, there are going to be grieving times. And grief doesn't have to make our lives a, a you know, sad or... Um, 
awful place to be. And, and that's, again, the, one of the misconceptions. You know, in, in the new book, I, I wrote a revised section on kind of where am I now and what I've learned. And, you know, I equate it to, like, a pair of glasses. But when I, I first entered this, this law, you know, my brother was stung by a bee, died within five minutes, completely random, no bee allergy history, nothing. And, um, you know, I said they had these glasses that were, like, just covered and hazy and cracked. And over time, they began to become clearer and clearer and clearer. And now I see the world more clearly than I ever could without that experience. You know, I know how much each day matters. I know how much each touch matters, each word matters. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say I'll do it tomorrow. I'm not going to, you know, take for granted that another day is going to come. And it's, it's sort of this, this, you get this membership into this special glasses club that, you know, you do. You see the, the whole world differently, you know, and you can look at some of the things that are so trivial in life and, and just say, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm not going to put my emotion there. I'm not going to go to that place. And that is a, a gift of grief. So the connotation that grief is only a negative thing, it's, it's a process. Um, it, it, it can be enriching, and it does bring gifts. And, you know, to me, that, that was the biggest one, was that I really learned what a minute is, how much can change in a minute, and how much control I have. Mm. And, you know, we experienced that, you know, especially being on, you know, the seventh year after 9-11. I mean, this is something, you know, we're faced in every moment. Clearly, if if you would have asked me uh, whether I thought uh, Sedonia wouldn't be here today or my sister or, or, or my mom or my second mom, I mean, there's just no way. I think the question that I want to address with you, Brooke, is, and, and we probably will do this when we return is how do we integrate the losses in our lives to look at them as blessings and i know that's a stretch i'd certainly if uh you would have said that to me several years ago in the middle of a of, of, of a of, of a major loss in my life. I don't know that I'd been able to do anything but kind of throw you out of the room. And so I wanted to have that conversation with you, Brooke, as someone that obviously has gone through the loss but have taken this information and turned it into a passion. And now you help other people. Brooke Noel joining us here today on the show. You know, is it appropriate to look at the losses in our lives and look at those as opportunities? And if we do that, what are parameters, if any, that we should consider? Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break from the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by Brooke Noel, my very special guest today. We'll be right back to look at, is there a conversion table of of sort for loss to move it from loss to love? We'll be right back. Does how you think affect how you feel or what you have? Do you want to achieve outstanding business and career goals, have a better relationship, or improve your health and fitness? In the excuses and get immediate results with the help of HUNA, ancient wisdom, modern application. What if you could attract money and abundance to you like a magnet? 
donate excess weight and maintain your ideal state of health or create the kind of relationship you've always wanted. With HUNA, you'll discover how to eliminate disempowering beliefs by using self-empowerment tools. The HUNA Prosperity Weekend will be in Los Angeles October 4th and 5th. Join Matt James December 13th and 14th in Seattle at the HUNA Prosperity Weekend. Call 800-800-MIND or visit HUNA.com to register. This incredible workshop is only $95 for a limited time. Call 800-800-MIND or visit HUNA.com. The Empowerment Partnership. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. Tune in your radio to hear Carrie O'Connor, master visionary, medium, and clairvoyant, as she uses her amazing psychic gifts to help you step into your divine power and begin to create the life of your dreams. Carrie will read your unique energy field, connecting you with the treasures of your soul, your passions, and your true life purpose. Don't miss Carrie's weekly astounding and energetic predictions. Fasten your seatbelt as you take a wild ride with Carrie O'Connor. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Listen live at thedrpatshow.com. Hi, I'm Lynn McTaggart. Pat, it is always such a pleasure to be on your show. You ask the kinds of questions that no one asks, and you stimulate me to new places. I'm thrilled to be on your show and also to tell people about our peace intention experiment to get involved on September 14th. That's a Sunday by first signing up on www.theintentionexperiment.com and you can do forward slash peace. And you'll get right to it. Do you have questions about romance, work, or health? Get the answers you need at the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th at the Seattle Center Fisher Pavilion. Saturday, 10 to 7, and Sunday, 11 to 6. For only $12, you can enjoy two days filled with over 80 holistic exhibitors and 60 free lectures, ranging from natural health, personal growth, and metaphysical topics. Visit bmse.net for a $2 off coupon or call 541-482-3722 for information. Shop beautiful crystals, purchase quality nutritional supplements, have your future revealed, and much more. From ancient healing traditions to the latest in the holistic world, this Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo will educate and entertain. Dr. Pat will have an all-new lecture at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Come enjoy the Seattle Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo, October 11th and 12th. Visit BMSC.net. Clear, clean, and crisp. Check us out in digital quality sound on FM 98.9 HD3. Alternative Talk, 1150. everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by uh, Brooke Noel joining me here today. Brooke, thank you for joining me today uh, on the show. And I, I wanted to take a minute before we continue our conversation so that you could give out some information about how people can get a copy of the book and also about your website. The, the book is available at any bookstore. Uh, so hop on inside. wasn't ready to say goodbye. There's also a companion workbook for working through a lot of the, the exercises. Uh, but, of course, it's available online. And you can also stop by my site, which is brooknoel.com. 
and there's different resources, and we have some new grief resources coming as well there. So, you know, as we continue this conversation, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to move to this, uh, this question of, I, I can sit here now and I can look back, for example, and I could say, you know what, it makes sense from an esoteric point of view, from a metaphysical point of view. You know, I, you know when I look at, I, I, I chose my mother. Uh, my mother's death led me to learn from that, to, you know, learn from myself. I mean, I could put all this together in a way that makes so much sense to me right now but i wanted to ask you i I mean is this the part of the stage of healing so to speak uh to get to that place when we can look at loss in a different way you you reminded me of something something to touch on that's so important that's probably the number one reason that blocks people in the healing process is, you know, there's these publicized five stages of grief, and at the end, it's acceptance. And that's the, the last stage. And, of course, there are really no stages or phases. You know, grief is not a neat and tidy process. It's, it's a roller coaster, and it moves and shifts all the time. But that, the, le- the word acceptance, I think, is a real stumbling block for many, many people. Because then to finish grieving, you have to accept what has happened and acceptance you know kind of signifies this um you know that you're conceding and and i know for me with with my brother i to this day i don't accept it i don't like it Uh, i don't think it's fair and i don't think it's just and i think it was wrong but i acknowledge it and that was a lot easier word for me to use is i acknowledge it happened i acknowledge it's real i acknowledge it disinfected and it changed my life forever and when we when we talk about moving forward you know purpose or you know is there a gift in this you know these are are questions that are are really intense questions that i i can tell you for sure within the first three years of grief you know, or the loss, they would be very, very hard to even contemplate, um, you know, to, to make sense. And I think the, the answers find us later. You know, if we grieve in healthy ways, um, you then we will find um, some sort of response, some sort of purpose, some sort of path, some sort of gift. And, you know, I, I, I know for me when I was updating this book, I was uh, sitting up north in, in my childhood home out on the uh, dock by the lake where my brother and I played so many times, and it was actually his birthday. It was his 10th birthday in heaven. And I remember just, you know, kind of looking out at the lake and remembering that every year I went up there, I always would look up in the sky for an eagle because that was kind of a, a symbol in his life. And every year I would see one, and I always had to look, and I always had to see this eagle like to make my trip complete. And that specific day when I was writing the, the new ending of the grief book, I didn't see an eagle. And I remember mm. realizing that was how my grief journey had changed, was I no longer needed to. You know, his presence was now with me integrated with me, his characteristics, and I, I didn't need this external source, because a lot of times with grief, we're, we're, we stall because we're scared we'll forget. We'll remember what the person's voice sounded like. 
you know, how they looked, what other people remember. And that can help, you know, have us create sort of these ways that we memorialize people that aren't helping, you know, we hold on to it versus incorporating it. Uh, and I, but that was a really big moment when I realized, you know what, I know he's here without Nagel. Boy, I am. I have to tell you, I'm listening to your story, and and I I am just so touched by it because there are symbols. I mean, if we look at this from a metaphysical point of view, there are symbols, uh, or there are signs. Let's say that show up, and I think what you just so beautifully talked about was one of these, and 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 I guess that you know. Part of being awake and aware is part of the journey. And, you know, to, to this day, you know, when I find a feather um, on the ground, and it doesn't matter what the feather is, you know, I, I, am, I am immediately brought to Sidonia's energy, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, she gave me my first owl feather, and I got to understand the meaning of that. And, you know, if you go in my office right now, uh, you can see how feathers are an important part of my journey. What do we do with these signs? What do we do with these symbols? Is there anything for us to do? And I want to ask you, I want to thank you first, Brooke, for joining us here today. As we, we wrap this up for today, how do we encompass the wholeness of the grieving process and, and the process of letting one go, so to speak? Well, I think, I think when we talk about you know, letting one go, it's really important to remember that we're letting someone go within the context of the relationship we once had. We're not letting them go forever. We're not letting them go from our hearts or from our lives. You know, we can keep the the people with us, you know, by honoring them. And, you know, when we talk about signs and symbols and, you know, communications, there is, you know, there, there are undoubtedly, you will hear so many stories that many people would like to excuse as coincidences. And there can be a, a comfort level in that for some people. But I do think that if, if you look at these coincidences, you'll see many times that they are undeniably uh, similar to, to a way that our loved one might have expressed themselves if they were here. Um, and I think that those, you know, serve as comfort. They serve to kind of show us that we, we are on the right path, uh, that there is still a connectedness, because we are all connected, I believe, beyond, you know, life and death. That's just the, you know, one of the many barriers or definitions in life. But there's this connectedness to, to every person we meet. You know, they define us. They define us in some way. And I, I don't think we have to have to look at letting go as much as we do letting things grow into sort of a, a new insight uh, of our relationship and, and the next journey, the next phase of our journey. Well, Brooke, I want to thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, what a powerful, powerful show. And, and I, I want to thank you for doing the work that you do. It is so needed right now in the world. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It was, it was my pleasure. Love to, love to chat with you again. My pleasure. Absolutely.
Absolutely. And for those of you that want to find out more about Brooke, you can go to brooknoel.com. And if you missed any part of today's show, uh, that archive will be up shortly. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, talk radio to thrive by. And remember, you know, th- there is a way to move from loss to love. And I hope today you have heard something that will help you embark on that journey because you know what the emotion of love is and how powerful that is. Um, Until tomorrow, know that you are loved and know that you're blessed. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Pat Show.